Friends, in this morning's scripture reading from the first epistle to Peter, there is a striking image that the author puts before us that has some depth to it, I think. It's the image of a building, a stone building, a spiritual house, a temple, really, that is built up of all these different kinds of living stones living stones, because as it turns out, this is a living building. And what First Peter wants us to see in the architecture of this building is that it's built up of all kinds of individual pieces, each making their contribution to the whole. First of all, its most important piece is the cornerstone, the Stone in a structure like this that establishes the ground plan, the reference point, the orientation of the whole building initially. And that's usually the biggest stone because as the structure begins to grow and be built up one upon another, upward and outward, more and more, that's the stone that bears all the weight and has to keep this growing building from shifting out of place. First Peter wants us all this morning to take note of this and ponder the fact that this critical stone, this cornerstone, had once been cast off into the rubble pile, devalued and discarded by some, even while for this growing edifice, however, it has become essential, indispensable. As critical as that cornerstone is, though, First Peter also needs us to see that a cornerstone alone doesn't yet make a house, or a temple in this case. In order to build a spiritual house, other stones are going to be needed as well. Lots of them. Tons and tons of them. The more of them, the bigger and the more magnificent the building, in fact. We need stones. More and more and more stones. Lots and lots of them. And each and every single one of them willing to take their place in this growing structure. It's an image that ought to make us think I believe, for, for where it's, because where it is set in this letter, this image could not be more perfectly chosen. Because it comes as part of the opening of an epistle that is just dripping with empowerment and encouragement for the church to remember who it is. To remember who God has made it. First Peter is written, in fact, to, to several different churches. Its opening line reads like this, to the exiles in dispersion in Pontus and Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, a whole host of different congregations from various different parts of Asia Minor, in other words. Churches carving out an existence in missionary soil. In one of the heartlands of Roman rule and of the Greek culture of this time, churches 
that would likely have felt a lot of cultural pressure against those stones and those growing walls. And it may have felt at times even like they were getting ready to fall over. So this picture, this picture of a spiritual house of stones is held out before them as something to consider, something to help them reimagine themselves and their entire life as a church, a building of living stones, leaning heavily on and built up upon this great, massive cornerstone. And with each one of these other stones as well willing to take their place and become vital to this structure. This is First Peter's image of what the church ought to be of what the church is built to be. And not just an image, but an entire theology, really. A theology of you and of me, the church, and of where we find our foundation, our support, our reason for being, and every bit as important as that, our place. As we hold that picture in our Mind's eye this morning, this image of this great house of stones built up of all these living stones. I want, I want to have us all this morning think very carefully and to pray with that image. Imagine this morning that each and every single one of you there in your seats today are seated with an enormous stone there in your lap. That is going to be your living stone today. Just take a moment with me and imagine it there with you. Imagine that it's a big stone. Imagine its weight. Imagine its heft. Imagine that it's a stone that's big enough to where it's going to start feeling pretty heavy pretty soon. If you let it just sit there too long, it may well leave a bruise. In fact... This stone of yours is not an insubstantial stone. It's eventually going to fill a big hole and take an important place in this structure that we are going to be building together. It's rounded and smooth in its own particular sort of way, your living stone. No one else's will quite fit into place the way that your stone will. And when you eventually heave that stone up into its place, it's going to take all you've got to get it there. It may even involve a little bit of strain. Enough anyway so that when you set it into place and get it to where it's going, you'll know that it's there. And everyone else who looks at it and sees it in place will know that it's there as well. And know that it didn't just get there by accident. No, someone with intention will have set your living stone into place. The picture that's up on the screens this morning is an artist's rendition of what's being talked about in our passage here today. It's a piece that's called The Priesthood of All Believers. And as you can see there, if you study the heads of the different people that are depicted there in that piece, each one of them have been depicted like a stone. 
Actually, it's interesting. One of the ways in which classic art depend, uh, tends to depict a saint is to put a halo around their heads, if you remember that, so that you can pick them out. And I think that what this artist has done is to try to, to make those circles around their heads do double duty. So that you've got what appears to be both a halo to show you who they are, as well as a stone, as in First Peter. And if you move, if you zoom out a little bit, I'll ask a room to show the next picture. If you zoom out to see the picture as a whole, there's this interesting effect that the artist has achieved in making this crowd, this church, appear as though it has texture to it. It almost looks like it might have the texture of a cobblestone wall, doesn't it? You almost want to reach out and feel it with your fingertips. The priesthood of all believers. First Peter this morning tells us that something like that is what your placement as a living stone in the overall structure really means. Consider what he says here in verse 5 this morning. He says this, And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. A spiritual house. A holy priesthood. What does that mean? It means at least a few things, I think. First of all, it means that your place, your involvement in this structure is neither meant to be passive or mediated through some other person. Each stone is a person, a priest, in fact. Each one has a vital role in bringing God's love to the world. Each and every single one. They are priests. Their baptism has made them all equally into a priesthood. There is no hierarchy of stones here in this picture, and none of these stones need another stone to gain access to God. And none of these stones need to defer the work of another to bring God, defer to the work of another to bring God to the world. They are all God's living stones. And their place in this structure is not passive or mediated through some other stone. They all have important work to do. I was thinking about a house of stones this week, and the first thing that popped into my head was three little pigs. And of course, I was reminded this morning that it's not stones, houses of stones and three little pigs, but it's houses of bricks, right? But the point remains. There are three houses. To my critics, the point remains. <laughs> There's the house of straw, there is the house of sticks, and both of those blow over rather quickly, don't they? But the house of bricks, or the house of stones, in this case, stays in place. It's substantial. It has claimed its place in this growing household of faith. These are not stones that have ended up where they are by accident. You, First Peter tells us, are living stones. Second, though, if we back up and think again about these priestly stones, 
in relation to Jesus, the cornerstone, this image, I think, tells us something important about our relationship to His work. It says that our priestly work is part of, a continuation of, an extension of the very work that Christ began. We are part of the very same building. It's not, according to this picture, as though the cornerstone itself has done by itself everything that needs to be done. Or by itself forms the whole of the house. No. Christ here is the cornerstone. Foundational, absolutely, and pivotal in setting the groundwork for what the building is going to become. But it's also just a piece of what continues to be built. The beginning of the work that continues for those other living stones. Third of all, this portrait of a spiritual house built up of living priestly stones also has something to say, I think, about the building as a whole. It says that when you back up, see this from a distance, when you back up and take it all in together, there is something holy about this thing. There's something in this project as a whole. There's something about its design and intention that's after God's own heart that's holy. Certainly, if you zoom out, if you zoom in, excuse me, if you zoom in to any individual one of those stones, there will be flaws, there will be imperfections, to be sure. Each one is itself a work still in progress, still coming to a fuller realization of what God is making them into. But when you back up, this growing edifice through which God has plucked these individual stones from the rubble heap and involved them in something sacred, given them holy work, this itself is a holy thing. A holy thing. Just look at what God is doing. Just look at what Christ has begun in and among us. And so you've been sitting there. You've been sitting there a while now with those heavy imaginary stones in your lap. By now, I imagine they're, they're sitting quite uncomfortably. They've let you know that they're there. In your heart today, won't you heave them? into place, into their rightful place in what God is building. And all of God's people said, Amen.